0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. My name is Mark Page, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is Episode 352, Content Marketing Strategies for Small Firm Architects, with best selling author Lacey Boggs. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and so much more. And Monograph, the time tracking and project management tool built for architects by architects. Lacey Boggs, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. It's great to have you here. This is going to be fun. It's a topic that I love to talk about. and uh, And so it's great to have you here. I'm hoping that this might be one of those episodes that we can send people to when they ask us about content marketing and why content marketing and how content marketing sort of a a primer and what it is, and maybe, maybe even talk a little bit about strategy. I think that might be fun. Um, let me introduce you before we get into all of that. Uh, Lacey Boggs is a content strategist, author of the best-selling Kindle ebook, Make a Killing with content. Uh, we'll have a link to that. And the, she's also the director of the content direction agency. She helps small business owners grow their practice with content marketing. So today we're going to talk about content marketing before we even start. And even before I ask you your origin story, I just want to mention your website. I love your website. If anybody <laughs> has any question about how to build a website that works, I'm sure it works because it's very well designed, uh, very well put together. It's simple, it's straightforward, and it's beautiful, b- beautifully branded. Um, and I noticed that everything you do is branded with that typeface, which I love. Mm-hmm. Even, the, even the emails you sent me are in that typeface. So lacybogs.com, should go check that out. I uh, just wanted to start off with that. We'll talk about that at the end as well, but definitely go check that out. Um, let's get into your origin story. I want to to share with the audience um, where you discovered your passion for what you do today and share that uh, story from that moment to where you find yourself today.
1: Sure, thank you. Um... Well, I've always been a writer since I was a kid. I've always enjoyed writing. I took a detour um, in college. I actually had a teacher in junior high tell me that it was very hard to make a living as a writer and that I should find something to fall back on. And so... Uh, being a teenager, uh, I decided that film would be a great thing to fall back on from <laughs> writing because clearly it's much easier to make a living there. So I actually went to college and got a degree in moving image arts, which is a fancy artsy fartsy way to say film school. Um, and then I went to Hollywood and had some very soul sucking jobs <laughs> and a very soul sucking commute.
0: That's Hollywood then,
1: for you. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> And, and finally realized that Hollywood and I really didn't get along and had a quarter life crisis and went back to writing, which was my first love. So
0: how did you know to to go back to that? Or is it just the fallback that that's what I know? That's what I'll do.
1: Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Um, I was doing some really horrible temp jobs and I started writing on the side like on literally on yellow legal pads I was writing out stories because my brain was just not being engaged by the temp job I was doing and so that was when it kind of occurred to me like hey maybe you should try that again and uh, I got a job in PR for a while in California and then when we moved to Colorado uh, I applied at a creative temp agency here which um, and I told them I was a copy editor and they're like you don't have any like literally zero copy editing experience on your resume but they, I convinced them to give me the test and I scored hundred percent. And the guy said, I've <laughs> never seen anybody score a hundred percent on that test. So that's actually how I got back into it. And, um, so long story short, I was a journalist before I moved into uh, this business. I was working for a hyper local magazine here in Colorado. I was their food editor, which it, nice work. If you can get it, getting paid to eat is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but it, we were so small, such a small team. I was doing sixty to eighty hour weeks oh. um, every month on deadline. We were there till three or four in the morning, and then I got pregnant, and I thought this is not sustainable with a child. <laughs> and so, you know, my husband and I talked about it, and I decided to go freelance. And so that first year, I started a food blog because that's what you did in twenty eleven if you right. were a food writer. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah.
1: And I didn't understand anything about the business model of it. So the blogging did great. I was able to attract. Uh, A huge audience. I was getting 10,000 hits a month, thousand people on my email list. I was guest blogging for one of Martha Stewart's magazine's websites. And I made like $4,000 for the whole year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So super successful.
1: Super. I I lovingly call that my four figure year. Um, So my husband took me aside at the end of the year and said, I love that you're staying home with our baby. I love that you're doing this thing and I need you to make a little more money. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: And I said, i have I have a new idea. Maybe other people will pay me to blog for them. And that's where this business was born. And that was eight years ago now. So we've been doing this for a while. I started out just me, and now we have a team of eight. Um, and we are, interestingly, all women and all moms. Um I didn't start out with that in mind, but it's become a real why, a real part of my why, uh, helping other moms do what I wanted to do, stay home with their kids, but still use their brains and get paid for it.
0: I, wanna, I want to I dive into all of that um, <laughs> because I love stories. It's a long I, and winding I, road. <laughs> I love the story of behind people, how they get to where they go. I may even yeah. create a podcast about just that because I really love that. that. And so I want to take you back to Hollywood <laughs> yeah. where, where you, where you realized this wasn't going to work. And that moment where you're like, I'm just not going to do this. I'm going to do something else that must've been a really difficult time for you to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because my whole, you know, persona had been built around that for years.
0: Yeah. And that's why I bring it up because there are architects that, that, um, have worked their whole life to become an architect. And then they get there and they're like, oh, this is just not what I expected it to be. And some of them leave and, and some of them should leave, right? They should find their true calling their true passion and some should continue and push through and find the place in architecture that they should be. I think so many architects stay because they've worked so hard and they've, they've identified them themselves as an architect and it was just part of their story. And like, I never had an, an alternative. When I decided I was going to be an architect when I was 10 and I locked in <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and now I'm podcasting and I've created a, a platform and, and I do a little bit of practice with my wife because she's an architect as well but my focus and my, my passion uh, is Entree Architect and what we're growing for the profession. And so I'm still in the profession, I'm still clearly an architect, but that moment where I said, okay, maybe I don't design buildings anymore and I do something else. Um, how did you get through that? How do, you, how do you get through, I've worked hard, I've spent money on film school, I've moved myself to this position and it's clearly not where I should be. There should be something else. And, and writing came back, right? The true purpose, the true passion came back to you. How did you connect all those dots at that time?
1: Boy, I'm not sure I did at that time, but 2020 hindsight, you know, um, looking back now, I can see that my passion has always been in storytelling. I, I like to tell stories, um, and that took a form in filmmaking and, um, you know, it was just so difficult. It's such a closed circuit in yeah. Hollywood. And, uh, I, I had applied for a big prestigious internship and made it, it's like a nine month, um, application process. And they, they get something like 3000 applications for 30 spots. And I made it to the last 100 and
0: wow. that makes it went even harder.
1: I know, right? Went for the group interview, which was like the next to the last stage. I was one of only two or three women there, and I was cut from that stage. And I don't know that it was because I was a woman, but I was definitely cut at that stage, and I was definitely in the minority. And I it just became so hard, and I realized that I didn't want to. I wasn't passionate enough about it to put in the work that it would have required and the sacrifice and the not seeing my husband and the yeah. four hour commutes every day. I wasn't, I just, it, I got so tired and I was like, I'm not willing to do this anymore. So that's how that happened.
0: Right. <laughs> but it's- what's
1: fascinating, sorry, <laughs> what's fascinating about it is just that um, now I have built this life and this business that gives me the white space and the freedom that I was craving back then that I wasn't willing to give up, you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah, wasn't willing yeah. to be that person that was going to go to whatever all the lengths you would have to go to to work in that industry. So while it was really hard at the time, I really don't regret it at this yeah, point.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think life is so much about following um, the opportunities that come before you. Right there, they are mm-hmm. there are roads. Right. I I feel that I'm on a path. Right, and that path often diverges right through multiple places. I can choose one, right? But I believe for me, I believe that that there is a path that I should be on, right? And sometimes I veer off that path and I always find myself coming back to the one that sort of is the right one. When I look back, I look back and I say, oh, (laughs) that's the same path all the way through. And I never really realized it as I moved through it. And so um, sometimes it's just about making those hard choices to pick the path that you know is right inside but it may be the much more difficult path. So I, just, I wanted to bring that up a little bit because I, and I, I recognize that moment in your life that I think a lot of architects experience um, and it's a difficult one. And so I just wanted to maybe uh, help some of those people who are in that position now to power on with one of those paths that you know is the right path, whether it's architecture or not. Now I wanna get into even more diff- difficult conversation uh, when you're, 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 you're doing your thing with, with the $4,000 a year job. Um, your husband comes to you and says, you know, you need to make more money. We need to survive here. We, you know, we need to, 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 we need more money, right? The bills are coming in and we don't have enough. Um, and, uh, so you say, I got this idea. <laughs> uh, I'm going to write for other people's blogs. How did that conversation go? Was he all in on that or was there a sort of a, are you kidding me moment where I, <laughs> that's not what I meant? I need you to go get a job.
1: No, he's always been very supportive and, and actually the, um, the economics of it didn't make sense for me to really go get a full-time job when she was a baby. Um, at least here in Colorado, yeah, infant child care is ridiculously expensive <laughs> So, you know, from my previous full-time job, one of the reasons I left was because more than half of my salary would have gone to infant daycare. And I was like, I'm going to like get paid half my salary not to see my kid. That seems terrible. Yeah. yeah. So um, he actually, he said, I think I made, like I said, I think I made four or $5,000 that year. He said, I'd like you to triple your income for the next year. So my goal was 15000 Yeah. which you know, looking back is like, yeah. wow, that's not that much. But at the time it seemed monumental, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, no, he was extremely supportive and he was like, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. We just need to figure out a better way to do it, which I'm glad he said it because it really lit a fire under me to, to do better and to do more. And, and I find that I work better with an external goal. So yeah. not necessarily just me saying triple your income, but when he said, I, "I think this is what we need to do," I was like, "Yes, I'm going to do that."
0: <laughs> right, right. It becomes it becomes our goal, right? Right. And now you have right. accountability. You say, "Okay, we're going to commit to this. I'm yeah. going to do whatever I need to do to achieve this." And now I have the support and the accountability of my husband to say, "Go do that." Right. Yeah, and I have and that I same. Did. I have that same thing with my wife. You know, we had we had a a, a booming architecture firm and i had this passion right Mm -hmm. and this passion grew and it just kept growing and growing and growing the architecture firm grew too but this grew much faster much bigger and and consumed much more of my time and Mm -hmm. so it was clear that this is the direction that we should go uh and still still practice so we're still doing that and we have plans to practice even more um but but something you said about it gives you the freedom and the white space to pursue the things that you really love to do and that's what's happening with me is that Entre Architect is growing. Gable Media is now a second company that we've started. Those things are growing. Gives me the freedom to go back and do the architecture the way I want to do the architecture. Right. right. In a completely different way because I've continued on this path. Um, and so, so I want to get into content marketing here. Right. Because this will be a three-hour conversation because you I and know, I are, could just keep are connecting well here. Um, so let's get, let's get into content marketing. I wanted to get into the moms too, but but I think that <laughs> may take us down another, we'll have you come, come back, back to talk yeah. about that. Yep. <laughs> let's let's talk about content marketing. So, so everybody's hearing this, that we hear it on the internet, content marketing, clearly it's something to do with putting content out there. Define content marketing. What for you, for when you propose content marketing to a client, what is content marketing?
1: Yeah, to me, content marketing is anytime you are Having a conversation with a potential customer with the goal of leading them to a sale. So that could be any conversation anywhere, right? Um, this podcast that you put out is right. content marketing. It could be a blog. That's probably the most classic uh, example. Could be videos. Could be, I don't care. It could be tweets and TikTok, I, uh, you know, whatever, Snapchat, yeah. wherever you are, wherever yeah. your people Instagram. are hanging out. But Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere you're producing content that is a conversation with a potential customer with the goal of potentially leading them to a sale. So I think that last part, I always make sure to tack that on because that's something people forget. So they they say, Oh, I'm supposed to do content marketing. Okay. I'm going to be on LinkedIn every day and I'm going to post something on LinkedIn. So they just like post other people's articles or they share cool stuff. They've seen, which is fine, but it's not ne- the, like, there's never, it's not leading anybody to a sale. Right? So, the marketing part of content marketing right. is that it's for your business to, to help grow your business and lead people to a sale.
0: Yeah. And that's important because you can spend your whole day content marketing without the marketing it's a full-time
1: part. full-time
0: job. <laughs> right. And, and do lots of it. And you could love it because you, know, you might love to write or you might love creating podcasts or creating videos or whatever you do. You know, spend your whole day on Instagram and mm-hmm. their TikTok, you know, there there is um, so many different ways to do it, but but in, unless you have a strategy behind it, right, and you've created some sort of strategy, which I want to get into, um, then it's just content. It's not content marketing, right? You're mm-hmm. just creating content. Um, so, who is it for? Who who should be using content marketing? Is it for everybody?
1: Uh, yes, with a caveat. I mean, I think if your business is solely based on referrals and you're fine with that and you're growing at the pace you wanna grow, great. Um, do that. <laughs> yeah. If at any point you want to expand or you want to nurture those referrals or you want to get to a place where you're not so dependent on referrals, that sort of thing, that's when content marketing or any you know marketing in general comes into play. So it's when you are at a point in your business where you're ready to grow, reach a bigger audience and, um, and scale to some degree.
0: We will return to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, Arcat, and Monograph. Arcat.com has been assisting architecture professionals in their search for the best products for their projects for nearly 30 years. Starting as a printed desktop reference with listings in manufacturer's catalogs, RCAT has evolved into the number one most used website for finding building product information. Today, RCAT is an invaluable tool for AEC professionals, offering a powerful product search engine that's backed up by up-to-date CAD, BIM, and specifications. And just as it was in 1991, today, RCAT offers all of this at no cost to their users and without requiring any registration, it's free. Visit entrearchitect.com slash RCAT today and see why architecture professionals have leveraged the power of Arcat for three decades. entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. That's entrearchitect.com slash A-R-C-A-T. Spreadsheets, spreadsheets. Are you tired of using spreadsheets to keep track of your project plans, your budgets, your staff, your time? Our friends at Monograph know what that's like because they're architects too. They know all about that spreadsheet mess that you're dealing with. So they did something about it. Monograph is a time tracking and project management tool built for architects by architects to respond to the challenges that small and medium-sized firms face on their quest to a profitable business. With Monograph's integrated suite of tools, you'll stay on track and on budget without the overhead of wrangling spreadsheets every day. Improve your firm's operations today. Try Monograph. Try it for free at entrearchitect.com slash monograph. Ditch the spreadsheets. Visit entrearchitect.com slash monograph and try Monograph right now for free. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the entree Architect community. Why would I pick content marketing over advertising or some other way of uh, marketing?
1: Right, so advertising is what we call outbound marketing. So we're reaching out to those people to pull them in. So if you think about like TV advertising, for example, is mass marketing, Um, if we're watching a program, they don't know that we want a pizza, but they're gonna try to sell us that pizza regardless, right? I might be vegan and not eat pizza, not eat cheese, but hey, they're still gonna try to sell me that pizza. Uh, Content marketing is more inbound marketing. So we're trying to draw people in by providing them something useful, um, providing something that's helpful. So it's less about like the mass marketing of, I always think of mass marketing as being like a billboard where you don't know who's driving down that road. (laughs) Um, You're just hoping that maybe one of your potential customers is there. Now, of course, it's gotten more sophisticated with Facebook ads and Google ads. You can target people, but still, you're just sort of hoping that they want what you've got. Um, with inbound marketing, you're actually bringing them into you. They are self-selecting and saying, I'm interested in this thing. So to me, it's just more appealing in that sense. I think there's a balance of both for lots of businesses. I don't think there's one that's better than the other, yeah. but to me, inbound feels less like in your face, spammy used car salesman and more like, Hey, when you're ready and when you need me, I have a solution for you.
0: Yeah. It, it, the, the, One is an interruption, right? You're Mm -hmm. carrying on with your life or you're trying to get something done or you're on social media for a specific reason and, and, uh, you're interrupted with an ad, right? They're trying to pull your attention away to, to sell you something, Mm -hmm. um, with content marketing, you're inviting them, like you said, you're, you're, you're inviting them into a discussion, into a conversation Mm -hmm. with you um providing content that they are interested in so you're inviting them into your world which is something that they want um and you have permission now to have that relationship with the person that you're dealing with That's right. um and so which is much more effective right you have a much more uh, likely chance of of uh of connecting with that person with a sale but there's good ways to do it and there are bad ways to do it, right? Sure. There, there needs to be a strategy and there needs to be uh, an, in, an intent and there's a way that you do it, right? And how you present the content when you ask for the sale. So can we walk through that a little bit? What are some of the steps for someone, if somebody's going to dedicate themselves to content marketing strategy, and this, this is going to be my way of doing it. So maybe a small mm-hmm. uh, startup architecture firm, they're going to use content, to market their firm to get those first few projects? How do they start?
1: Yeah. The very first thing is to identify the goal. So what is the goal of creating this content? Do you want people to sign up for your email list? Do you want traffic to your website? Do you want people to get on a phone call with you to talk about a project and what is the overall goal of the content strategy? We always talk about that first. And then I always ask people what are the metrics we're going to use to track it? Because so often with content, content feels a little fluffy. Like it's like, oh, it's words and pictures, but there's data underneath it. And so I want to make sure that we're, tracking the right things. And what I mean by that is there are what I like to call vanity metrics out there. So yeah. just because you're super popular on TikTok doesn't mean that anybody's going to hire you to design their building, right? right. <laughs> so um, we have to make sure we're tracking the right things to align with our goals, to make sure the content is doing what it's supposed to do. And then from there, we can decide what to create and where to put it. Um, and those two are really important as well. So I keep mentioning TikTok just because it's kind of funny. I I would imagine there's not as many people who are going to hire architects on TikTok as there might be on, for, for example, LinkedIn, right? You might have a better chance of reaching, depending on what type Maybe. of business you do, Exactly. I guess. <laughs> it, it may depend on your market. Yeah. Um, but Instagram, like if you design houses, let's say... Uh, Instagram might be a great place to be for, for wealthier people who love aesthetics, right? That's a, that's a great place to reach people. Yep. So we wanna make sure that the channels align with the goals right? and also that the kind of content you're producing aligns with the goals. So you mentioned before we started that your your architects that listen to you are very busy, right? That they're very, right. um, they have a lot going on. And so, you know, maybe trying to reach them with a two hour webinar, isn't the right channel because they're busy. They don't have time for two hours to sit there and listen to you talk, right? But if you could give them, for example, a series of five minute or 10 minute videos, that might be a lot more um, exciting for them to consume in bite-sized pieces, right? So we got to consider all those things before we ever say, okay, now what am I going to talk about?
0: <laughs> right. So
1: my strategy is always to start with those big picture whys. Why am I doing this for me? But also, why am I doing this for my customer? What are they going to get out of it? and then move down from there. And then the, really the last question is, what am I gonna talk about?
0: Right, right. So, so can we go through that again? So, so yeah. goals, pick a big goal, what's, or not a big goal, but what is your goal? What is your what's goal? What's the intent of, of creating this content? Then how do you track that? So you can right. identify wh- whether you are meeting that goal or not, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're moving in the right direction. Then, then did, I, did I understand it right that you sort of need to pick a platform? sort of a it pick doesn't the, have to
1: be just one, but where, like, I guess it's more thinking about your customer at that stage, where are they hanging out? What do they want? Okay. Um,
0: so identify the customer and where they're hanging out.
1: Yeah. And that, that'll help you identify your channels and how you're going to reach out to them.
0: All right. So find your, your target market. So goals, tracking, target market, which we talk about all the time here. Um, mm-hmm. Then you pick your channels based on who you're trying to target. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, you know, looking for, um, Eighteen-year-olds who, who like to dance around TikTok might be the place for you to go, um, but you know I've, TikTok could be used if if your market's there because there are lots of adults using TikTok now. Sure, um, and I've you found really
1: stand out on TikTok at this yeah,
0: time. and I've found some really interesting content on TikTok. Um, you know, where for gardening or for cooking or so you if you have something specific in architecture that you can demonstrate in a very short form because it's tiktok's really quick um and your market is there right because our some of our markets are there i can tell you
1: mm-hmm. because
0: i'm i'm looking at tiktok in order to it's very entertaining first of all yeah <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> and, of fun yeah and it's addictive right because it's just constantly quick flipping through and it and it has an algorithm that that uh, starts to show you content that you're interested in. So, if you are looking for cooking, or if you're looking for for you know cars, which is what something I like, I like you know hot rods and fast cars. It starts showing me all more of that kind con- content con- con- sort of content. So, if somebody's into interiors or uh, architecture, they'll start sending that person more and more of that type of content. I don't want to focus on TikTok, but I I wanted to actually identify that that it is a potential. Uh, channel. Yeah. So, so goals, tracking, a uh, target market, decide on the channel and then start deciding what you're going to provide in terms of, of content.
1: Right. And that's where we get into what you were asking about Like how do I lead them to a sale? Right. right. How does the right. content I'm going to produce actually grow my business? Um, one framework I use a lot, uh, especially, so for people like architects, you don't launch something, you don't have a new product that you're going to launch or a right. product line or a Christmas sale or anything like that. Yeah. So you have to create your own sales cycles to some extent. Um, and so I often recommend for people that they they take a, a, a month as a unit and then think about what am I going to promote during this month? And then we use uh, an old copywriting formula, like from Mad Men days, It's called AIDA. It stands for Attention, Interest, Desire, and Action. And when it was originally designed, it was for a long-form sales letter or what today we might know as like a sales page on the webpage. And you would hit all four of those points in the letter. But what I realized is you can actually turn it sideways and drip it out over time through blog or videos or whatever it is. So you start, week one is your attention post. That's your attention grabber. What's gonna grab eyeballs? What's gonna get people to click? Week two is your interest. What can I teach? How can I hold their interest uh, around this subject? Week three is desire. How do I create desire for the solution I have? So a lot of times that's case studies or um, even something like imagine what it would be like if you had this building that would solve all your problems, whatever that is. And the last one is take action. So the last one for, for an architect might be something like do you know how easy it is to schedule an appointment with me? Or here's what we do when you fill out my application or, you know, kind of overcoming any objections they might have. There's no money down. You don't have to pay to talk to me, whatever it is. Right. That's kind of your action. And so when you drip it out over time like that, it, it leads people down the path towards a sale. Um, my favorite metaphor for this is, is thinking of it like rocks in a river if you think of your customer as being on one side of the river and a sale as being on the other, your content is the rocks in the river. If you just throw them out willy nilly, your customer's yeah. probably going to fall in the river and wash away. <laughs> if you put them though, the right pieces, the right size at the right spacing, it makes it much easier for the client to get across and, and make a sale. So it's kind of a visual way of, of imagining like, am I putting the rocks in the river at the right time, the right kind of rock <laughs> yep. to make that an easy journey?
0: Yeah, that that's so that's great. I love the formula, right? So it's, so it's attention, interest, desire, action. Um, and, and if you, and if many of us may start wanting that, that sale right away, so you post content and there's like a click to buy button, right? And you instantly are rejected and it's content marketing doesn't work. (laughs)
1: right exactly and
0: and it doesn't work because it's not being done properly and so so to to have a formula like this formula where uh the and you break it down into four weeks or a month worth of content um you have your attention and you you're just trying to get noticed right in that first week just trying to get connect right find the right people looking at you and so they want more right so they so they want more and then you start giving them something that they're interested in, something you teach them, because now you have the audience, you have the eyeballs. You start teaching them something, you start giving them something they're interested in. Um, then it becomes a desire, right? You start planting the seeds that you can do this, right? We can help you with this. Right. This is something that you can Right, We can solve your like. problem. <laughs> right. And then finally, you go for the sale. You finally start providing ways for them to take action to get to the next step right it might be schedule a call or you know fill out this form or whatever that next step is in the process you know get them to your website so you can take them through another process on the website
1: yeah Um, notice we're not saying give me twenty five thousand dollars right now on this blog post um it's a little like dating right we're not going to ask you to marry me on the very first date you kind of have to okay buy me dinner first you know (laughs) like um So you have to walk people through this so they're comfortable with you. It's about building up that know, like, and trust factor because all things being equal, we do business with people we know, like, and trust. Um, And the more you can tell stories and share information and be useful, uh, the more people are gonna know, like, and trust you. Uh, And and that's what content marketing is all about. It's that give and take, it's that conversation. And we're looking for that mini yes with a piece of content. It's not necessarily, okay, I'm gonna write you a check. It's like, Yes, I'll read your next blog post. Yes, I'll get on your email list. Yes, I will apply for a call. Yes, I will actually show up to the call. Right, every one of those yeses gets a little yeah. bigger, and then they're ready to make the big, the big yes.
0: Right, right, and and you're building a rapport with them all along. You're you're building more and more trust, right? Because it takes a lot of trust for somebody right. to say yes, you do my project. Here's a check for twenty five thousand yeah. dollars. You're not going to get that from a blog post. <laughs> no. Right. So that's not the goal. Right. The goal is not (laughs) the sale. The goal goal is to get them into your world, right? So you can then take them through another process, which can be a very similar process. You can take them through your website and go Mm -hmm. through the process on your website, which is a different conversation, uh, which then may lead to, you know, building, building that connection with them, having those touch points where eventually you'd be able to ask for the, for the sale.
1: Um,
0: and so I love this, this is very, very top of the funnel. If you think about it in terms yes. of the funnel, at the very bottom, at the point of the funnel is the final sale, that $25,000 deposit. Up at the top, the funnel is really, really wide. You're just trying to, and that attention phase is you just looking at the whole world, right? And trying to right, find- casting the, the net. <laughs> yeah, find a few people within that world who may be interested in something that you do, right? And then they just get filtered through the funnel Um, and and some people hear that funnel, it's like, oh, you're just forcing them into a sale, but it's not, you're inviting them into a conversation, right?
1: Right. It's what, it's what Seth Godin coined the term uh, permission marketing, which means we're instead of the ad, like we talked about earlier, that just interrupts you and pops up whether you like it or not, we're asking permission. So each of those yeses is permission to keep marketing to them. Um, so when they click on a thing and sign up for your email list, for example, they're saying, yes, please market to me more.
0: <laughs> exactly. Right. And if you're looking <laughs> they for They may a book- not
1: realize they're saying that, but that's what they're saying. <laughs>
0: yeah. And if you're looking for a book to read, read Permission Marketing by Seth that's Godin. great.
1: Do you know that was such a revolutionary idea when he yes. published that book in 1999? He got kicked out of a National Marketers Association for writing yep. that book. Yeah. And now it's totally... It is it's the way to do marketing. Do.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right. He was so, and he still is ahead of his time. He's a genius. Yeah. Um, but that is a fantastic book. It, it was way ahead of its time, um, but it worked then and it works today. It works now. And so uh, <laughs> read that book and uh, and you'll learn a lot about what we're talking about here. Also, uh, I
1: wanted to mention like at the attention phase, you're not speaking to the whole world necessarily. You're speaking to the exact person that can benefit from your service. So I don't know very much about architecture, but I assume that many of your people listening spec- uh, specialize in a specific kind of architecture or a specific type Good of point. building yep. that they work. And so, you're only speaking to those people who are gonna who are looking for help, who need a building, who need a design, who need somebody an expert, right? So you don't you're not the Coca Cola or the Walmart of the world trying to reach everybody. You can actually speak to one specific person in your head. And what's amazing about that is that because there's whatever, 8 billion of us, there are plenty of that person out there. So think about your favorite customer, your most valuable customer, and write directly to them when you're writing that attention post. What would get them to stop scrolling? What would get them to click? What myth do they believe that you need to overcome, right? That you can bust a myth and like blow their mind. (laughs) That's what's going to get attention. And that's what's going to draw in the right kind of people for you.
0: Yeah, that's super valuable. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, Lacey, before we wrap things up, I wanted to ask you the one question that I ask everybody here. And it's a big wide open question. So it's easy to answer. What is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow?
1: I think stopping to think about what that goal is for your marketing is probably the first step that will actually really help your business. Because Regardless of what kind of marketing you decide to do tomorrow, regardless of whether you want to start a blog or a podcast, or you're like, I'm just going to be on TikTok and do funny dances about architecture, uh, understanding the goal will make whatever action you take so much more effective. So just take five minutes and think about what do you want to achieve by doing marketing? What do you want to achieve by putting out content? Once you know that, the other pieces are much easier to put into place.
0: Yeah. Good, good advice. Her name is Lacey Boggs with two G's, L-A-C-Y-B-O-G-G-S. Website is easy, laceyboggs.com. Again, I started off this podcast with recommending that you go visit Laceybogs.com. Go do that because <laughs> that alone is an education on how uh, to present yourself with a brand. Uh, very, very well done. Um, Lacey, is there anything else that, um, that you know, architects might be interested in over at your website?
1: Sure. Um, if you go to lacybogs.com library, I have put together a library of resources. It's a, it's a very low cost, <clears throat> excuse me, resource with a whole bunch of my best stuff. So worksheets and videos and stuff to help guide you through creating your own content marketing plan from scratch. Um, and that's a really great way to dip your toe in and see if, uh, if, if this is a right, a good thing for you, a good fit for your business. And it's a great way to get a little more information about the stuff. We barely scratched the surface today yeah, because yeah. I just talk too much, but uh, it's a great way to get a little more in depth. In,
0: well, about I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed our conversation. So lacybogs.com library, go, go visit that and grab that, that, uh, that information. Uh, also, I didn't ask you this earlier, so I don't have it written down. Is there any place since I'm, I'm sure where on social media is better, a better question, where on social media can people connect with you?
1: yeah i'm most active on facebook so you can find me on facebook search for Lacey boggs on the content direction agency uh, but i'm also on linkedin and instagram so you can check in with me there as well
0: all right Lacey, thank you very much for joining us here today and sharing your knowledge at entre architect podcast it's
1: been my pleasure thank you
0: it's been a lot of fun You've been listening to episode 352 here at the Entree Architect podcast. If you would like to access the show notes or share this episode with a friend, the link is EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 352. That's EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 352. Please pop that link into an email right now and just send it to one friend who may not know what we're doing here at Entree Architect. And I would appreciate that. Entree Architect Podcast is proud to be a part of the largest, most engaged AEC multimedia network on the planet. Have you heard about it? Gable Media. We are curating thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to Entree Architect Podcast and all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And check out Entrez Architect Academy membership, ready to edit business resources. We've got them for you. Live monthly training, business training. Yeah, we have that too. And a supportive architect community. Yeah, we have that too. It's all there waiting for you at Entrez Architect Academy membership. And we just met this past Wednesday for our December expert training session. Uh, with Steve Stockman, the LA-based writer, director, producer of TV, film, and video. Uh, Steve taught us how to get from story to video. If you missed it, the recording will be available inside the member archive, where we have over 60 webinar training sessions available for members on demand. So Huntray Architect Expert training sessions happen on the first Wednesday of every month. So if you're a member, you get an expert training session every month. First Wednesday of every month, we gather gather on Zoom for 60 minutes and learn from an expert. Uh, And we actually have our questions answered too. So we listen to the expert training. So we have a a live webinar. And then because it's live, we can ask questions and we get our questions answered at the end of the session in a really great Q&A session every month. Next month's session is Shannon Lee the director of coaching at Win Without Pitching. She'll be back to follow up on her last session a few months back. Uh, This time she'll be training on the qualifying question. The qualifying question. If you have read the book Win Without Pitching by author Blair Enns, first of all, you should go read that book, Win Without Pitching by Blair Enns, you know that the qualifying conversation is a critical step in the sales process and Shannon Lee is the director of coaching at the training that Blair Ends does. That's basically what his business is. He is a, tra- a trainer who trains on sales and marketing. Um, and Shannon runs the, the training. She's the director of coaching there. And so she's been here before she is fantastic. She's been on the podcast here as well. Um, and she's coming back in January to teach on the qualifying conversation. If you get that right, you'll be working with your best clients and get paid what you're worth. If you get that conversation wrong or miss it altogether, like many of us, you'll continue to struggle with the wrong clients for your firm. So in addition to the business resources, community and training, join us live each month for expert training sessions, business training for small firm architects. It's inside the Entre Architect Academy membership and something new is coming. Something new is coming to Entree Architect Academy membership in 2021, this coming month, this coming year, next month. Actually, it's December, <laughs> that was a quick year, right? Coming in 2021, Simple Systems. You're going to hear a lot about Entree Architect Simple Systems. They are quick and simple business systems built for small firm architects. For years, you've been telling us that that's what you need to build your business, right? You need to build your business systems. It's the one thing holding you back. These little systems that you haven't yet built for your business to help automate and delegate and do all the eights that you need for your business. Well, simple systems, they're coming. And members will get every simple system for free. We're building them. We're gonna build a bunch of them next year. Actually, we're in the process of building them now. They'll be launched next year Um, and, members are going to get every one of them free, you'll be able to buy them outside of membership as well. But members are going to get them for free. So join us now at Entree architect membership at entre slash join, you can join us right now, and gain all those benefits, all those great trainings and the, and the community and the, the simple systems that are all in there at Entree architect membership entre slash join, I hope to see you there at entre Academy. Be well, my friends. Be happy, be healthy, safe, and secure. Thank you very much for listening to the Entree Architect podcast today. Love, learn, and share what you know. Have a great week.